I do want to encourage you guys, if you, if you haven't, um, if you weren't here on Sunday morning, I, I spoke on unforgiveness. It was a really good message. In fact, um, it was kind of interesting because there was not a lot of, a lot of response. You know, people were kind of dead, kind of like tonight. Um, and, um, but everyone kept coming out my door saying it was really good. So I guess it was, it was good, but people were, maybe were listening. So tonight, can we like respond a little more? I mean, I'm mean, Greg making announcements and you know, you guys can't even say amen or, or whatever. I mean, I don't know if you're thinking about your nacho every Sunday right now, you know, and, and so, um, you know, so, you know, you, you know, um, it is really hard to, to preach when, when people aren't really responding or sometimes you wonder, am I really doing that bad? I mean, cause, cause nobody's saying anything, but, um, I kind of want to kind of tag, I won't call it part two, but, but, you know, I want to, um, um, talk some, some things you kind of go along with the unforgiveness. So, and maybe you won't be saying amen, but anyway, um, um, and I'm going to apologize to, to my class, um, to, um, because we'll talk about some things we've been talking about the last few sessions of class. Um, um, but we're going to talk about the subject of love, especially the love of God. And if you have your Bibles or your device, you can turn to Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22, um, reading from the new living translation. I'm going to start with verse number 36. It says this teacher which is um, um, one of the most important commandments in the law of Moses. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he, stopped. he, he didn't stop. He continued on and said, the second one is, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two Commandments. So Jesus gave us two commandments. And once again, we, we talked about this on Sunday morning. These were commandments, not suggestions, okay? These weren't Jesus' suggestions. These are Jesus' commandments. And those, those are two different things. When, when someone suggests something that's like, you know what, maybe you should try this. When someone gives you a commandment, th- these are what you need to do, all right? I mean, th- this is what you need to do um, as being a Christian. Th- these are like... Two kind of important things. Now, the first one, to love the Lord your God with all your soul, all your heart, all your mind. I mean, I call that the no-duh commandment. I mean, I don't know why you want to be a Christian if, if you don't obey this one. I mean, you know, in fact, I've never heard anyone tell me that they have trouble um, loving God. That's never been an issue. But I do have a, a lot of people tell me they have trouble with commandment number two, loving people. And you know what? Because people are people. All right. And that's this thing, you know, you know, people say hurtful things. People do hurtful things. People, people are just people. They're just natural people. And sometimes it's like, man, you know, I have to love that person. No, you get to love that person. Not you have to love them. You get to love that person. Uh, all right. You're, you're like, but they're irritating. Well, you get to love irritating people as well. Um, now, it is interesting, in a couple of years ago, when, when um, I had a, a, a student actually talk to me uh, about some things, and, and I actually looked at this verse a little bit different. Um, now, first of all, I do want to let you know that the, Jesus actually, whenever he was asked the greatest commandment, he didn't just give one, he gave two. And he actually said the second one is like the first one. You know why? Because if we're really made in the image of God, is that when you see people, you should see God because you're made in God's image. And really, I, I don't know, if you can't love people, how can you love God? 
And, um, but anyway, when I, this student talked to me and they said that, you know, they've always struggled with their self-esteem. And then it hit me, they began to talk and said, you know, in order to love people um, as yourself, you have to first of all love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, it's really hard to love people. And there are a lot of people that struggle with self-confidence, with loving themselves. They think they're worthless or whatever. And so if you're, if you're struggling with that, it's hard to love anybody else. Or maybe what you're doing is you're loving other people like you love yourself. The problem is you don't love yourself. So that same self-assurance you know, is also how you love people. And um, you know, people that are miserable, people that are hurting, you know, say hurtful things. Um, now here's what I do. This is how I'm able to love people. I make excuses for them. All right, excuses for them. If I live with their circumstances, whatever it might be, then I might think the same thing. Now, you realize a lot of times um, it's because of our upbringing, you know. Now, here's something else. People always you know, say, well, that's just the German in me or that's just the this in me, the Italian or whatever. Well, you know, when you're a new creature, it doesn't matter if you're German, Italian or what you are. All right, you know, because we're all in Christ. And the problem is you need to get rid of that German or that Italian. If that's making you mad, just get rid of that, that, that point. But you know what? We make excuses and say, well, I can be rude because I grew up this way. Or I can be rude because, you know, you don't understand. I grew up in the hood. Now, I didn't grow up in the hood, but I'm saying you might have said you're growing up in the hood. You know. I, I did grow up in the hood. I grew up, grew up in, in a neighborhood, all right? I grew up actually in the Mr. Rogers neighborhood. You know, won't you be mine? Won't you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Mr. Rogers was my, was my neighbor. I, I watched him every day. He was actually, that was my favorite children's program growing up. And, you know, now I have to tell, you know, these young students, you got to Google it because you're not, you know, you know, and, you know, maybe if you Google it too much, you'll be watching it all the time. You, you know, your new YouTube, you know, you know, thing now is watching Mr. Rogers um, and, there's actually was a documentary done on his life a couple of years ago, or a movie actually. I guess Tom Hanks played Mr. Rogers. I haven't seen the movie, you're right. Um, but Mr. Rogers actually, you know, talked about, you know, our neighbor. And we'll talk about that um, well, in a minute um, when I get to my other scripture. But, um, you know, I think it's very important to love ourselves. Now, I can't tell you how to love yourself. All right. I mean, and, and that's the thing. Some of you, you just need God to help you love yourself. Now, here's the thing is people, people think, well, if I change a bunch of stuff about myself, I'll love myself more. No, they won't. I mean, I, I know people that spent lots of money on cosmetic surgery because they thought, well, if I just do this, I'm going to love myself more. If you don't love yourself, you know, before you had cosmetic surgery, you're not going to love yourself afterwards. Because then what happens is some people get to a point where they try one thing and that didn't help. They try something else and that didn't help. And then they almost look like a monster. You know, have you ever seen the people that had too much cosmetic surgery? And hopefully no one in this church has. But, um, you know, there are people that I'm wondering, man, you spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to look like that. You know, you know, um, you know the deal is, is that we need to learn to look in the mirror and see the God on the inside of us. Um, you know, but because I, I'm, 
I'm going to tell you, like I said, I lost 100 pounds. It didn't make me love myself anymore. All right, I didn't, I didn't do it to love myself because I love myself with 350 pounds. So, I mean, you know, I, you know I'm, I just love myself. You know, why not? Why, who wouldn't love me? Um, <laughs> see, at least I got a response. Um, no, I, I mean, the, the thing about it is, you know, we got to learn to love ourselves because until you can love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. And here's another scoop for some of you that are single. You're never going to get married, all right? Because if you can't even love yourself and you can't love anybody else, no one's going to live, want to live with you. No one wants to live with someone that's cantankerous and, and mean and rude and, and whatever. You know, but a lot of times when you come to find out, like, you know, there might be somebody who lives in your, in your neighborhood or whatever, and they're kind of like, you know, a mean person, you know, all the kids talk, talk about, and you find out there is an unhappy person because they're not unhappy in, in their own self or, or they're happy with what's going on in, in their life. You know, you're going to have to just get happy. How do you get happy? Well, you, 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 you need to, um, you know, to um, renew your mind. And, 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 you know, I mean, how can you not be happy? You realize the greater one lives on the inside of you. See, I mean, if you don't realize the greater one lives on the inside of you, how can you not be happy? I mean, how can you be miserable? Because you realize there's not a problem that you'll ever face that you can't get through. Because the greater one's on the inside of you. The Bible says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I mean, I feel sorry for the ones that don't know Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, they have an excuse to not love themselves. I mean, you know, you know, and if you don't love yourself, you, you should do what Paul told Timothy, store up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. You know, it's, you know, you need to get a better self-image of, of yourself. And, and you know, I, I get it. One of the, one of the reasons is people don't um, love themselves is because they have been um, talked down to or whatever, sometimes even as a child. And, you know, and I, would, I do want to say this, um, if you happen First of all, if you have your own children, or if you happen to work with kids, be a teacher, coach, or, or anything else, ne- never talk down to a kid and tell them that they're worthless because they're not, never worthless. No kid is, is worthless. Um, you know, no kid's a bad kid. A lot of times they've had adverse circumstances and, you know, and, you know, and, and things like, like that. But um, um, a lot of people, they just don't love themselves and they're never going to love others. But that's not really what I want to talk about tonight. Um, um, I want to talk about your neighbor, all right? So that goes back to Mr. Rogers. So Luke chapter 10, Luke the 10th chapter, um, and it's, this is the same thing in, in Luke on the 20, 25th verse, actually, Luke ten twenty five says this. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, um, um, says what this teacher what should i do to inherit eternal life jesus replied what does the law of moses say and um, how do you read it the man answered you must love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself right jesus told him do this and you will live the man wanted to justify his actions so he asked jesus 
who is my neighbor? And this is the neighbor that Mr. Rogers describes, all right? says, so Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed um, to the other side of the road and passed, passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged him. Um, Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these um, three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by by bandits? Jesus asked, and the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. So it's interesting when you read this story because um, the, the first two people that came across this man should have stopped. All right. And now, actually, if, if you read the story, it actually says, some translation says, when the priest um, saw the man lying there uh, afar off, he, he didn't get close, but he walked to the other side of the road. Now, some people want to know, you know, why he walked to the other, other side of the road. It, it's not a joke. You know, why did the priest walk to the other side of the road? You know, just, um, that's, that's not, not, a, not a joke or something like that. Um, but the reason he walked to the other side of the road, for whatever reason, I don't know, some kind of weird rules or whatever, if you don't actually pass the guy on your side of the road, you don't, you're not obligated to help. I mean, you know, so, I mean, think about this. I mean, think about how fortunate this man thought. He said, you know, if there's anyone who's going to stop, it's going to be a priest. But he didn't stop. Now, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why, why the priest didn't stop. And I, I would hope that, that no priest or no preacher would ever see a person dying on the side of the road and not stop. Um, but in this, in this um, parable, they did. They crossed the other side of the road and kept walking on by. I mean, you know, and it, 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 I mean, think about this, because a lot of times people don't imagine. Imagine if you were that guy. Here you are on the side of the road dying, and you're thinking, oh, Father so-and-so is coming right here, or Rabbi so-and-so, yes, Rabbi so-and-so. And, um, but um, he went to the other side of the road and kept walking, walking by. Then the next person was a temple assistant, a Levite. Um, and actually it says that he came and looked at the man. And instead of walking by, I guess you're not allowed to, he then crossed the road and then kept walking. So he actually gave him a look, a look over, you know, thinking, you know, but he didn't stop. Um, I don't know why he didn't stop. I mean, I, I guess, you know, he was too busy. I guess, you know, he wanted to make sure. I mean, he was, he was on the road for a reason to get to the thing. Now, if you, um, I, I was reading, and actually, I still might even have it here. Um, um, uh, no, I don't. Anyway, I was reading about that, that way. Um, I think Martin Luther King Jr. Um, talked about, um, you know, how he can see why there was a lot of bandits. It was a very dangerous thing because there was a lot of places people could hide. And it actually goes from... Um, like 2,200 feet above sea level on one side down, down to like 1,200 feet below sea level. So, so you're going downhill and, and he says it was very conducive, um, to be robbed and probably, you know, 
I mean, trying to make excuses for these people. Maybe they figured if they stopped and helped this guy, or maybe they thought he was already dead, and they said, or if they stopped and helped him, then they were going to travel slower, and there's a chance that maybe abandoned. I, I don't know why they didn't stop. But the person who stopped, um, a lot of times, now I will say, when I read this story, or, or you know, I've, I've known this story for a long time since I was a little kid, the story of the Good Samaritan, I just thought the Samaritan was just a nice guy. You know, all right. But the point of the story is the Samaritans and the Jews did not like each other. All right. They were not friendly um, toward, toward each other. And, um, um, you know, by reading it, the, the, the Samaritans were considered half-breeds. That They were um, Jews that had married to, into Gentiles. And they, they actually practiced Judaism, but they built their own temple. And then the Jews burned it down. Because, you know, and then the Samaritans decided to desecrate the, the temple, the Jewish temple, and, and they just kind of went back and forth, kind of like the Hatfields and McCoys and, and you, know, you know, other people. And so a lot of times when people um, tell this as a modern day slant, they would use, you know, different things. And so if you're going to tell this story today, what you would probably use is the Palestinian, you know, came by and saw the Jewish man. You know, and that's actually, you know, what's going on right now. That would actually give you an example. These people don't like each other. They, they don't like each other. But something happened when this Samaritan saw this Jewish man who, who he was, he, I mean, they were taught to not like each other from, from birth. All right. Because see, racism is, is, is taught. It's not, you're not born a racist. All right, you're, you're not born hating another, another race. I mean, that's, not, that, that's something that's taught. And so these people were taught, um, you know, that, that, um, you know, that, that these other people were worthless. And, um, you know, why would you stop and help? But it says when he got there, he was moved with compassion. And I don't see, I mean, in, in my own mind, how could you see a person hurting, bleeding, and not stop, and not want to render aid. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I can't. In my own mind, I don't, I don't know how anyone would would do that. Um, but evidently, obviously, in the story, um, you know, some people did. Now, but here's the thing about it: is not only did he stop and help, he actually bandages the, the guy's wounds. You know, he could have just took him and thrown him on his donkey and, and, and went off and said, well, at least I'll render aid. But, but he actually, you know, took time to bandage this guy up as best as he could. You know, so that took extra time. You know, and then think about this. He was riding his donkey. Now he gets to walk. And, you know, well, this guy's on his donkey, I guess. You know, so, so now he's going slower during this, this whole thing. But not only that, when he got there, to the end, I mean, you know, he made sure that someone took care of this guy until he got better. And he used his own money. I mean, you know, there's probably nothing precious in your own money. I mean, he spent his own money on a guy that he was, he was, he was you know, told to hate all his life. And he spent his own money to help him get, get, get better. And he told the innkeeper, if this isn't enough, when I come back, I'll pay you more. You know, most people actually said, well, if, you know, they'd help someone out. So here you go. You know, this is 24 hours. I'll, I'll buy you a hotel room for one night, but tomorrow you got to figure out some, something to do for yourself. You know, but this guy was left for dead. 
I mean, you know, he, you know, he probably, you know, not only um, that, I mean, you know, he, I'm assuming the innkeeper probably had to take care of him as well. You know, I don't, I don't know at what kind of shape he was in, but he might not could have got up. I mean, you know, they might've had to bring him room service and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, and it might've cost more than two silver coins, but, but, um, he was willing to spend his own money and this is somebody he hates, you know, and Jesus says, that's who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is someone that I'm not going to say you shouldn't hate anybody. Okay. First of all, brother Hagan told us not to hate no one, Uh, but someone you might maybe don't really like a whole lot. You're going to be able to, you know, willing to help them when they're going through a crisis. Now, here's the thing. I guarantee you, I mean, I would hope, I would hope that everybody here and everyone watching online, if they ever came across a guy who was left for dead on the side of the road, would render aid. All right? But the point is, how many times do we come across people who are hurting, you know, you know maybe they're not physically hurting, but they're hurting emotionally, they're hurting, you know, in, in different ways, and we're too busy to even care. We're too busy to even, even think about. You know, a, a lot of times, you know, and, and I, I reach out all the time, um, you know, when you read people's social media statuses over and over again, and you can tell by, by things they're sharing and, and statements they're, that, that they're going through something. There's something going on. And so I reach out to them and said, are you okay? Or if I have their, their number, I text them, find out if they're okay because something's going on. Because, you know, do you realize, you know, unfortunately, when, whenever there is a, you know, a, a shooting or, or something like, you know, school shooting or, or some kind of mass shooting, they'll go back and they'll look at the person's social media. And most of the time you could tell this person was going through issues by looking at their social media. Then I'm thinking, does this guy not have any friends? If you're a mutual friend with this guy, you know, you're, you, you mean, I mean, do you not have friends? They, I mean, you know, how many times do they interview people, their neighbors and say, well, he seemed like a normal person or there's gotta be signs. I mean, relative, somebody, something, you know, I mean, because I, I always wonder, you know, in those situations, because a lot of times some people who do, do this, I mean, mentally, they need some mental health issues. Uh, you know, all right. Um, you know, because a person in the right mind doesn't go do those kind of things. And so I'm thinking, how can someone not reach out? How, how can someone not notice? I mean, I think it's pretty bad if people cannot notice that somebody's struggling here in life. And then I started thinking about, we get so busy with our own issues, sometimes we don't think about other people's issues. And I'm not saying we don't care, you know, but it seems like we don't care. But there are some times, I get it, I, I know, I mean, there's been times, you know, in life where, where you don't want to even ask this person how they're doing, because it's going to be a 15-minute conversation. And you, everyone here in this room is probably thinking of one person you know exactly like that. Maybe not 15 minutes, but they're going to explain how they're doing and it's usually not good. All right. You know, but the other side about it is, you know, there are people who are hurting and we should notice. We should notice. I mean, we should actually, you know, you know, they, maybe they're not left for dead, but, but spiritually they're hurting, mentally they're hurting or, or whatever. I mean, you know, that's the deal. And um, it is interesting how this guy won't even mention the name Samarian. 
He, he actually said, well, the one who showed mercy. Um, I was reading the thing and it said actually that, that, um, that the Jews, would, they, didn't, they would actually try to avoid walking through Samaria if they could, just because it was so despised. So, um, so you realize according to what Jesus' law you know, says, is that we're supposed to help people that maybe in the natural we, we might not really like or, or whatever, although I don't, I don't know how you don't like anyone because you know, you're, as a Christian, you should like everybody. If you don't, you should become a Christian. Um, that's, I mean, that's my own thought. I mean, I mean how, how, how can you, you know, love God but hate people? We're all made in the image of God, especially people who go to church with you. People that, that you know, go to church and, and, you know, and that goes to, you know, unforgiveness. A lot of times what happened is, yeah, but brother, you don't know what they did to me, you know. And it is interesting. My, my grandfather tells a story um, uh, where he, um, you know, he became pastor of a church. And so obviously at that point in time, you know, he really, you know, he had spoken at the church but he didn't really know the congregation members, you know, because he just got there, whatever. He's spoken there a couple of times, you know, when you're trying out to become pastor. And so he says one of the first few days, um, you know, the church had a parsonage, so it was right next to the church. He had his house there. And one of the first few days, one of the ladies came from, from the church, knocked on his door, introduced himself to, to my, my grandparents, you know, and thought that was really awesome, um, um, you know. And, um, you know, that she would come introduce herself. But she said, Brother Hagen, I just got to tell you, I, you, know, you need to know. And they begin to talk about, you know, another person in the church and how, how that other person in the church had wronged them and, 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 and all this stuff. And there's a big contention between their family and, and, and the other person's family. And so my, my grandfather actually, in his own mind, thought this must be something that happened last week or something. I mean, this was, you know, said, well, how long ago, you know, did that happen? And the guy, lady goes, well, let me see, that's 12 years ago, um, you know, next Thursday would be 12 years um, that, that it happened. And so obviously for 12 years, the people are sitting in a little church holding a grudge against each other for 12 years. Now, we've read the scripture on, on Sunday morning is that we should keep no record of wrong. You know, I mean, you know, and so, but this person wanted to make sure that my grandfather knew from the beginning that they had issues with each other. And, and of course, my grandfather talked with them about getting rid of her issues. You know, you know and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we got to just not have issues. I mean, you know, the, 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 I, I love the word here that the Samaritan had, he had compassion. How many times do we, do we see where Jesus had compassion on the multitude? And I think compassion is the one thing that Christians should have in their life. I mean, when you, when you pass by someone who's hurting, that compassion should come out. I mean, you know, you should have compassion on people and you should care about other people than yourself. You know, and I, I get it. You might have problems, all right? You might have lots of problems, you know, but other people are hurting too, you know? And a, a lot of times too, you know, what we don't realize is other people's, you know, I'm going to give you an example of youth ministry. All right. Some of these youth, um, um, particular the girls, I mean, you know, they, um, they're having a meltdown over something that's not that big a deal. For instance, I'll give you a great example. This is, is 
one of the girls who was in my youth group, um, we were downtown at camp meeting. Um, you know, we, anyone ever go downtown at camp meeting? We have 10,000 people downtown. I mean, it was, you know, it was big, you know, and stuff like that. So, so um, I'm at the, the, right before the youth service, I'm there, I'm in the back, and this, this girl is crying. Like, <laughs> I mean, she can't even breathe. She's crying so hard. And so I'm thinking, oh, man, somebody died in their family. Or maybe she's just grieving over a pet. Maybe, maybe her pet died. You know, and people do grieve over pets. Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, something really bad happened. Well, come to find out, after I got her quit crying, I said, tell me, what, what is, what, why are you so upset? Well, I was walking in the hall, and I, and I passed by my boyfriend's parents, and they didn't say hi. Um, you know, understand, there were lots of people in the hall. And, and I said, they probably didn't see you because, you know, because she's a sweet girl. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, the, I, I, if I was their parents, I would probably be happy that, that my son was dating her other than some other girls in the youth group that was not as good and sweet. Um, you know, come to find out that what really happened, there were a lot of people in the hall and they didn't see her. And so she was crying because, you know, it, you know, it all worked out or, or whatever. And so... You know, it was no big deal. But here's the thing. If we don't have compassion on, on the no big deal, because it was a big deal to her. You know, because things could be a big deal to somebody else. Maybe they're not a big deal to you, but they're a big deal to them. Or, or, or maybe they're a big deal because of things, because of hurt that's happened before in their life. You know, then, then this hurt, you know, kind of reminded them of some other, some other hurt that happened in life. But the reason I'm saying it's important to make it a big deal, because I'm going to tell you another youth group example. Um, um, this happened, but you know, because a number of times that we have um, parents move in to go to Raymond, they bring you know, obviously their kids with her. This, this girl was, I think, ninth or tenth grade. Um, she only had been in Tulsa for a couple of months. Her, her mom, her, her, her mom, or I know her mom went to Raymond. I'm not sure if dad you know, went to school or not. Um, but anyway, um, I, I, I only prior to this time, you know, I, I, I know who she is. I know her name. I've said hi to her, but we've never had a you know major you know conversation. But after church, she asked. She said, "Craig, I'm I'm really struggling. Can you can you um, um can I have a few minutes of your time?" So I went and met with her, and this is the story she told me. She said, "Craig, um my um my best friend, you know, I, um that we 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 we've been friends since we were little kids, you know. So I'm close to the, their parents. My best friend um, yesterday." Um, came home from school and found her dad dead at his study. He, he, he blew his brains out. He, he killed himself, and she found him. So, she, so um, this girl's obviously struggling, you know. I mean, I'm struggling. But, I mean, she says she's struggling because obviously she's friends with the family. But you, can you imagine, you know, emotionally, it's bad enough to see your, your, your father pass, you know, dead, but when someone blows their brains out, and that's one thing, too. I, I saw an interview um, yesterday uh, about a, a group of people that, that are helping the children. They're, they're now orphans, you know, and they said, you know, one of the worst, I mean, these kids are going through traumatic stuff because they just saw their parents die in front of them. And, and said, you know, it said, you know, they can't sleep, they can't sleep. And, and said, the kids are resilient, but it takes a while. But anyway, so I, began, I gave her scriptures, you know, that, to help, you know, um, this young girl and, you know, and, and help herself or whatever. And even, even talked to, you know, some, I said, you know, you know, you should talk to the mom and different things like that. So afterwards, here's what she says. She says, thank you. My youth pastor back at home wouldn't have cared. Now, I believe that youth pastor back home would have cared. 
All right. But because she, he didn't care about the small things in her life, she didn't think he cared, would care about the big things in her life. You know, because I get it. There, there are some times you're like, man, that's what you're upset about. I wish I could be upset just about, about that. You know, but but the, the thing about it is, you know, if someone's hurting, find out and help them, you know, no matter where they're at. No matter if, it's, if it seems to be a small thing, because if, if you're not there from the small things, they don't think you care about the big things. And, and, and I was like flabbergasted and actually made an excuse for the, I, I said, I think your youth pastor back at home would have cared. And she's like, she kept arguing with me. No, he wouldn't. He he didn't care about anything that I was going through. You know, and I'm thinking, well, he's a youth pastor. Maybe he needs to go to Rama, Um, rbtc.org. If for some of you online, um, you know, you can check it out. You know, you can actually come um, in the spring semester. Um, You know, you know, we should be more compassionate toward the world. We should care about, because yeah, you're probably not going to come across someone who's bloody and, 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 you know, and dying on the side of the road, but you might come across on a daily basis someone who's hurting. So maybe someone you work with. Maybe, maybe someone who is actually, actually is your neighbor, who actually lives in your neighborhood or lives in an apartment building you know, you know, you're, you're with. You know, let's, let's be attentive to other people around about us. You know, so, so when we should show compassion and mercy and, and forgiveness and, and care, you know, toward, toward people maybe that in the past maybe been mean to us, maybe been rude to us. It doesn't matter. You know what? Um, you know, just, I just want to tell you to care. Christians should care. We should care. We should care about, about people that are hurting. You know, it, it should be, um, you know, no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, doesn't matter what they've done. Doesn't matter that, well, you know, there are some, I actually, I actually heard someone say this and, you know, I'm ashamed of it and I got, I got onto them. Um, they had somebody they knew broke their leg and they, and they were actually said, well, good, they deserved it. No, they didn't. I don't care how mad you are that they didn't deserve to break their leg. You know, you know, but, but, you know, they were saying, well, it was karma or, or what, whatever, you know, no, I mean, you know, we, we shouldn't ever rejoice because somebody gets hurt or, or something bad happened to somebody, you know, you know, that, that's not like doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, so the moral of the story is we need to, you know, be attentive to people around about us, whether it's a natural thing like at work or, or wherever, or, or if it's online, pay attention. Because yeah, maybe there's, no, there's nobody left for dead in front of you, but there are probably people that are hurting that you might run across on a daily basis. My grandfather always said he never one time prayed that God would bless him, but he prayed every day that God would make him a blessing to somebody. And that, that's what we should do. We should be a blessing to somebody. We should be that good Samaritan to people. You know, and it doesn't matter. And I'm saying, you don't have to hate the person to be good to them either. All right. So, you know, um, you know, so, you know, that's our neighbor. We should be neighborly. We should love one another. And, um, you know, and not only should we, we get to, all right. And, and, and if you, if you're having issues with your, your love walk, that means you're having issues with your God walk, God walk, you know, the, the love of God is set abroad in your heart and, and you have the capacity to love others. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and we praise you, we magnify you. And we thank you, Father, that you'll, that you'll help each and every one of us 
on a daily basis to pay attention to people around about us. And, and when people are hurting or going through situations, Father God, we just thank you, first of all, that you'll be able to show us you know, what to say, how to help them, how, how, how to be a blessing to them. And Father God, we just thank you that if there is any person that we need to forgive, Father God, you know, help us to forgive that person and move forward and, and quit having hate, but have only love. Father God, we thank you for a special blessing over each and every person that's in this room and each and every person watching online. We thank you for it now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen.